BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Good evening and welcome to Real America's Voice and Just the News' election special 2020, Our Republic at Risk. I'm Eric Greitens. Folks, we've got a great team here and we have a fantastic show tonight. In just a moment, we'll be joined by John Solomon, founder and editor-in-chief at Just the News. Then later in the program, my co-host Gina Loudon will be talking with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. We'll also have an interview with Rudy Giuliani that you will most certainly want to hear. And then we'll go for key insights and analysis from Dr. Gina and the whole Real America's Voice team in battleground states around the country. And I encourage you, so many of you have joined us just in the last couple of weeks. Reach out to your friends. Let them know that you're tuning in to Real America's Voice and that you're going out to justthenews.com because we're bringing you the stories that so often the mainstream media is ignoring or suppressing. Well, you know, it's been said that perseverance is the secret of all triumphs. It is certainly essential to getting at the truth. And Just the News founder and editor-in-chief John Solomon has established a team to do just that. They have been working nonstop, and John joins us tonight. Can you tell us, please, first, uh, you've assembled this nonpartisan, fantastic team of 30 journalists who are investigating electoral irregularities all over the country. What's the latest? Yeah, we have a really great process. It's, it's a tedious process. It takes time. But what we're doing is we've used computer analysis to identify almost 800,000 votes in the key battleground states of Michigan, Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Las, uh, Nevada, and Arizona. And what we're doing, how, how did we identify them as high risk? These are people that are shown as having voted in those states, but they filed a request to change address and leave those states a year or more ago. And so we've come up with that full list through computer analysis. Then we began the process of calling each of these persons and say, listen, you're listed as voting in Georgia or Wisconsin or Michigan, but uh, it looks like you moved. Did you vote in Michigan, or, uh, in Wisconsin, uh, Pennsylvania? And there are a lot of people, not all of them, but a lot of people say, I didn't vote. I didn't request that ballot. I know nothing about this. So we're in that process. We've got a long way to go before we come up with numbers. Uh, but the early uh, process is working well. and We're beginning to identify people who uh, do not appear to have voted, even though they're listed as voting. And John, tell us about there's a couple of key stories that are trending right now at justthenews.com. You know, one of those stories says that there are anti-Trump activists who are doing what some have called looking at actually blacklisting people who are Trump supporters. Uh, tell us what's happening there, please. Pretty remarkable, Eric, that we live in an area you just heard. Joe Biden talked about he doesn't want to see negativity. He wants to see unity in America. It's time to set aside our, our differences and work together for one country. And then you see large numbers of supporters uh, suggesting that they're going to target anyone that has anything to do with President Trump, whether they work for him, supported for him, donated for him, wrote uh, or did uh, television ads for him. 
Uh, it's exactly opposite of what the Joe Biden message is to the American people at this moment. Uh, everybody from the Lincoln uh, Project, which is a group of Republicans that uh, sided with uh, Biden, to even some members of Congress are making suggestions that they're going to have an enemies list. That's the most un-American of things that we can imagine. And uh, there's no place for it in the middle of this um, of time in our history when we're fighting COVID and foreign threats. But unfortunately, too many or at least several of Joe Biden supporters are talking that way right now. Awesome. And John, another another story that a lot of your readers have been have been clicking on, have been commenting on, have been asking about uh, is this story about Kaylee McEnany, who came out and recently predicted that this was going to go all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, again, please give our give our viewers what's what's the latest on that? Well, yeah, uh, Kaylee McEnany was knocked off of Fox News when she tried to explain why she was uh, uh, thought these cases would make it to the Supreme Court. Here's what I've been doing all day today. I went through four or five different lawsuits in different states, and I didn't look at the claims in the lawsuit. I went to the underlying evidence. And what is that underlying evidence? More than a dozen, about two dozen everyday Americans have sworn under penalty of perjury that they witnessed uh, systemic widespread election fraud. And I'll just give you one great example because it's so compelling. There's a woman named Jessie Jacob. She has been a uh, Detroit City employee for decades. She's one of their longer serving employees. She was assigned to the election in Detroit starting in September. And she testifies that the day after the election, she states this in an affidavit under penalty of perjury, risking her job, risking going to prison if she, God forbid, she was lying. And she says the day after the election, she participated, along with many other workers, in processing thousands of absentee ballots that had come in beyond the deadline, but were backdated and changed to make it look like they had come in before Election Day. She also testifies that she saw other widespread irregularities in the two and three and four weeks leading up to the election where city election workers would give her instructions, give her colleagues instructions, how to alter ballots, how to count ballots, how to manipulate vote, uh, ballots that came in. Let's say someone came in and their name wasn't on the official voter roll, they would go in and change the voter roll to make it look like they were an official voter, then count the ballot. That's the stuff that's in these affidavits. These are real Americans, um, a former assistant attorney general from Michigan, Jesse Jacob, a city worker, uh, many poll watchers that were there, all describing identical behavior in the city of Detroit. And we're not talking about a few ballots, a couple hundred ballots, they're talking about thousands of ballots, a number of ballots that could change the outcome of a very tight race. Well, and, and John, you know, one of the things that a lot of uh, people have commented on, and these are coming from Real America's Voice viewers, it's also coming, I know, from a lot of JustTheNews.com readers. People are asking about not only what might happen in court, but they're also asking about this idea of recounting. You know, people have sent their ballots in, and a lot of Americans feel like, look, if there was some problem, we know that there were computer glitches in Antrim County, Michigan. We know that that software was fairly widespread. A lot of people are saying, why don't we just recount by hand? And one of the stories that you have at justthenews.com is talking about how it sounds like that's going to happen uh, in Georgia. Please give us, give us the latest there. Yeah, today, very important development in Georgia. The Secretary of State, uh, often criticized by his Republican Party the last few days, uh, announced that they are going to do a recount by hand. Why is that important? It means every ballot will be inspected, most likely with a Democrat and Republican in observation. It will be compared against signatures. It will be compared against 
uh, uh, proven uh, uh, voter rolls, and it will allow or skip over the possibility that a machine made a mistake or that a clerk inverted numbers. Every ballot will be re-examined almost as though we're starting election day over in Georgia. A very significant development, a time-consuming development, uh, but it's the sort of thing exactly that the Trump campaign particularly was looking to have happen in Georgia. And if in Atlanta, in Fulton County, if we see anything similar to the behavior that some of these election workers and election observers are describing in Detroit, we could potentially see a change in the number of votes that are actually deemed uh, legal, lawful, proper to count. So that's why that hand count in uh, uh, Georgia has become such a significant story today all across America. Awesome. And John, I know we're, so let's, uh, let's switch gears for, for a minute here. Uh, you are not only you know, a, a journalist, but also a patriot. Uh, today is Veterans Day. And on your podcast today, you had a great guest, Frank Siller, who runs Tunnel to Towers. It is a fantastic organization. And you shared some really powerful stories about some veterans who'd lost their lives and are now being helped by Tunnel to Towers. Can, can you share just a a few, a few of those stories with our, with our listeners here on, on Veterans Absolutely. Day. Listen, uh, you, it couldn't be, it was among all the things I did today, there was nothing more personally satisfying to me than doing the podcast, sitting there with Frank and going over. There were 11 Americans today, 11 American families who lost loved ones on the battlefield uh, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan or veterans who served there then came home and lost their lives in the service of their communities as police officers and firefighters. All 11 of those families had their homes uh, paid for today. Uh, their mortgages paid off by this wonderful foundation called uh, Tunnel to Towers. And what makes uh, uh, Tunnel to Towers so amazing is that it's named uh, for Frank's brother, uh, Stephen Siller, who was a firefighter who on 9-11 had just gotten off the night shift, was actually going home when the airplanes flew into the towers. And his brother, uh, ran back to duty and he wanted to go serve. Even though he, he was off duty at the time, he wanted to go back and serve with his brethren in the tower. And he couldn't get there. The, by the time he had gotten near uh, the Twin Towers, uh, the tunnel was closed. And so he took 60 pounds of gear, slung it over his back, ran two miles through one of New York's longest tunnels to get to the World Trade Center and start to assist his colleagues. And of course, when those towers collapsed, he died there. His brother created this foundation and now hundreds of American families who lost loved ones in the line of duty for police and the line of duty for military uh, are getting their mortgages paid off, taking a little bit of the financial burden of the loss of their loved one uh, right. off their plate. And uh, what an amazing day. We gave voice and names and, and uh, stories to all of these 11 American heroes and their families, something I'm just so deeply grateful. They span the country from the South to the Northwest. Uh, all 11 are people that uh, we would be proud to call fellow citizens. Well, look, there's, there's some incredibly powerful stories of courage. There are stories of compassion. There are stories of resilience in the face of great loss. And folks, if you want to hear them for yourselves, I highly encourage you to do it. Uh, it's a great way to celebrate Veterans Day. You can just go out to justthenews.com and then you'll see a link for podcasts, John Solomon Reports. It's the Veterans Day podcast. John, thank you so much uh, for that fantastic tribute to, to a lot of our heroes today. My pleasure, Eric. Have a good show. Well, folks, when we come back, Doctor, uh, we're going to have Dr. Gina Loudon is going to be talking with Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and they've got some key insights into what is happening right now. You're going to want to stay here. And again, 
please let your friends know it's at Real America's Voice and at JustTheNews.com that we are bringing you the stories that the mainstream media so often forgets. Folks, we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. On this Veterans Day, it seems as important as ever to make sure that every legal vote is counted and to make sure that fraudulent votes are not counted and those committing the fraud must be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. It's what we owe to the veterans who spent months and years away from their families in foxholes, in danger, in remote parts of the world just to keep us safe. So the effort to secure our elections is as important today as it has ever been. Here with me now, the host of America First on the Salem Radio Network and member of the President's uh, National Security Education Board, Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Dr. Gorka, I could never imagine considering the sacrifice our veterans have made that anyone, anyone, Dr. Gorka, would ever tamper with our elections. But we see every day more and more of these reports, dead people voting, whistleblowers coming forward to say they saw very odd things happening with our vote count. And Dr. Gorka, don't we owe it to every veteran to make sure that every single legal ballot is counted and every single illegal ballot is thrown out? Absolutely, Dr. G. Uh, I don't know, uh, who's who's the OG Dr. G here? We'll have to flip a coin on that one. (laughs) We always have to sort that one out. (laughs) Think about this, We, we have Americans who have come home missing limbs from war zones abroad. We have Americans who've come home in flag-draped caskets to their loved ones so they can be buried. Why? To preserve our freedom. And why is it that today cities like Philadelphia, states like Illinois, we, we laugh, we laugh. It is now a butt of jokes that in Philadelphia, in Chicago, stealing an election, that's just what Democrats do. And they've been doing it for decades and decades and decades. That is a slap in the face of the loved ones of those men and women who died or were injured for this nation fighting for our freedom. So yes, and think about it thusly. Every single fraudulent vote, you've, hear, you've heard it now, the, the multiple ballots that are being registered in the maiden names of women who've already voted, the, the ballots that minors have completed, the ballots of dead people, people who've been, who, who, who are 120 and now seem to be voting, every single one of those steals a real vote. So you thought you, it was a big deal to wait in line, to vote for the president, or to vote for the down-ballot individuals and candidates in your district? Well, guess what? Just one fraudulent vote means that your ballot is void. It doesn't count. It's been canceled out. So the president has demanded an investigation. He has a right to do so. And guess what? I don't care whether you're a Democrat 
a Republican, an independent, I don't care whether you, you wrote Mickey Mouse in on the ballot, you should want every example of voter fraud to be uncovered. Attorney General Barr, Dr. Gorka, sent in federal investigators to look into vote fraud. Many Trump supporters out there are breathing a sigh of relief that something is finally being done. But what is your true hope that this move by Barr will yield results? Or I guess, what do you see as the path to resolution or even possible unity at some point between the parties? No, there's not going to be any unity. This is, this is the party, the Democrat Party is making lists, lists of Trump supporters. They are doxing lawyers who are working for the president's campaign to find out how many votes were stolen. They, they, they've called this president a Nazi. Biden said he's responsible for 200,000 deaths in America. Come on, Beijing Biden. You, you call for unity after language like that? I'll tell you, there's only one path for the president right now. I discussed it on my show today, America First. Uh, I'm writing about it as well. And it doesn't include A.G. Barr. Attorney General Barr has failed us, utterly and completely failed us. And there's no excuse. I don't want to hear that the deep state or anything else. He's the attorney general. We have no Durham report. We have zero indictments. One peon, one low-level lawyer, copped a plea, de plea deal with the DOJ. I want to see people arraigned. I want to see indictments for felonies for the key cabinet members of the Obama administration that okayed Operation Crossfire Hurricane against Mike Flynn, the individuals who orchestrated the surveillance of me and my friends and my colleagues in the Trump administration. So Barr is a failure. He is a disgrace. It's up to two things now. The president's legal team. It's up to Rudy Giuliani. It's up to the great surrogates he has in Dave Bossie, Corey Lewandowski, Pam Bondi, uh, Don Jr., Eric, it's, it's, you know, those fighters have to fight. And then lastly, it's the, I think the, the only real path is the polit political solution. There is no president-elect in America. The ballots have not been certified by the states, and the Electoral College doesn't meet till December. And we have to pressure. President Trump has to go to Pennsylvania. He has to go to Arizona. He has to go to North Carolina. And he has to hold rallies and he has to send a message to the MAGA base and to the Democrats and to the media and to the state's houses and to the secretaries of state of those states. We will not let you. We will not let you certify clearly broken electoral systems with thousands, if not tens of thousands of fraudulent ballots. And we want to make sure that the Electoral College mandate of 270 votes is not met by either candidate because the system is so broken, you can't certify it. And guess what happens then, Dr. G? It's beautiful. The founding fathers, God bless them, are geniuses. If there's no 270 mandate in the Electoral College, then the House of Representatives picks the next president not based on the members, which would be, of course, a Democrat majority, but here's the little Byzantine twist, based upon the party delegations by state. And right now, we have more delegates by party and state as Republicans in the House of Representatives, and the president will stroll in. We have 28 to 22, and the House of Representatives should choose the president and that president should be my boss, Donald John Trump.
Yeah, you mentioned something very interesting. Folks can look this up. It's Amendment 12. I've been looking at it and discussing it with constitutional attorneys also. Um, and this is very interesting because you say the word Congress and people freak out because they realize that, of course, the Democrats have majority. But that's not how this works. What you said, Dr. Gorka, is very important because in, in the case of one vote per state, immediately then the Republicans would have majority. But for this to happen, Amendment 12 has to be instituted. By my understanding, I'm not an attorney. Let me say that. I've just been looking at this. Um, and uh, and by, by that... Um, Republicans would have a majority because it would be one vote per state and with the majority of Republican states. That is what you're talking about right there, I believe. And, um, and yes. so that, that does change everything. But for that to happen, of course, it would mean that we would have to have a, what you're saying, a forfeiture of some of the votes in the Electoral College uh, based on whatever. And that could happen for a myriad of reasons. And it's looking more and more likely that something like that could happen because we are, after all, in unprecedented, uh, unprecedented times. There's an enemies list, you mentioned this, being compiled of those who supported President Trump. And this is, this is not a covert thing, right? This is happening right in front of our faces. It is of those who worked on the Trump campaign and in the Trump administration. I would say we're probably both on that list. Um, it sounds very fascist, but I, I saw this today and I was just shocked by this. Uh, this is a New York Times op-ed writer. This was published freely. I posted it today on my timeline. You probably posted it on yours too. Um, this was in no way censored. There is no warning once I posted it on Twitter early this morning. Twitter didn't do anything about it. It was absolutely fine. It says this, you can't heal or reform the GOP. They have to be broken, burned yep. down, and rebuilt. When Biden is in power, treat them like the active threats to democracy that they are. If those who committed crimes aren't punished, they will be more emboldened. Now, uh, this is from a guy named Wajahat Ali, and he is a New York Times op-ed writer who is freely writing this kind of thing. Dr. Gorka, this scares people to death. This is intimidation of activism. This is intimidation of candidate recruitment. Um, this causes all kinds of problems. What is the answer to this kind of a divide and this kind of media onslaught that we are all enduring? Courage. The only response is courage. Look, it's easy for me. My parents as children had to suffer under Nazi occupation in the country they were born in. Then my father is an adult when that regime was replaced by a communist dictatorship. Uh, he resisted the communists, was arrested, was tortured and was given a life sentence in a political prison. And until his dying day as a child, I remember for the first time realizing what those marks on his body were, he had the scars on his wrists where he had been hung behind his back with wired uh, from the ceiling of the torture chamber by the secret police. So for me, you know, you know what? Bring it. I don't care whether it's AOC with her enemies list, whether it's the, the, the cuckolded, pathetic, beta cuck uh, quote-unquote men of the Lincoln Project with, with their doxing of the president's team. You know what? Mm -hmm. We're ready for you. Bring it. We will be the storm, and you will have no idea what you are taking on. This nation was built by people of courage, and now it right. is up to all of us. Get your red hat on. Get your MAGA hat on. Get out on the streets. I don't care if you live in Philadelphia or Nevada. You need to get out wherever you are and show your support for the president. No president in American history 
ever received 71 million votes. That's Donald Trump. Dr. Gorka, thank you for sharing that story with us. Thank you for your patriotism and thank you for being with us tonight. Coming up, Eric Brighton gets the latest update on the investigation into vote fraud from the one and only America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Don't miss it. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Good evening and welcome to Real America's Voice and Just the News' special election coverage of the presidential election of 2020 our republic at risk. We are honored now to be joined by Mayor Rudy Giuliani. You have seen him out there fighting for the president at representing the Trump campaign. He joins us now. Mr. Mayor, honored to have you on, sir. Very nice to be on with you. So, Mr. Mayor, one of the things that a lot of our viewers have asked about is particularly this Dominion voting software. This was the software that was used in Michigan and in Antrim County, they had Joe Biden up by thousands of votes. They claimed there was a software glitch. It was discovered. It was fixed. And then it turned out that President Trump was actually up by thousands of votes. We know that you and your team have been investigating this. At, this, at the present time, do you have any whistleblowers inside Dominion who you're speaking with? Well, I wouldn't call them whistleblowers. We, we, have, uh, we have a person who's come forward with an affidavit inside of Dominion that has said that Dominion observed the 100,000 phony ballots that were brought in at 4 o'clock in the mm. morning on November 5th that were all Biden ballots that appeared by every measure to be phony ballots since they were brought in the back door. They were not in the proper containers. They were sticking out of the paper bags and cardboard boxes. And they were told that these were ballots that were needed to catch up to Trump because Trump was too far ahead. When they were counted, they were all counted in favor of Biden. The woman who has uh, given us an affidavit, who worked for Dominion, said that she saw not a single Trump vote. She was there for four or five hours. And it appeared to her to be horribly corrupt. And when she reported it, nothing was done about it. She was told it wasn't any of their business. So that's a that's that's not a whistleblower. That's sure. a witness on the record in our lawsuit in in uh, Michigan, which is why I feel pretty good about the lawsuit. There's a hundred thousand vote fraud. Do we have other witnesses for that that are somewhat reluctant to come forward right now? Yes, uh, we can probably corroborate that three or four times. Wow. So I think they're finished on that. I think that's wow. something that actually happened. They brought 100,000 votes in. They were all Biden votes. There was not even a vote for another Democrat. And it was intended because they were panicked because Trump was ahead by much more than they anticipated. Same thing happened in Pennsylvania. They never anticipated Trump being ahead by 800,000 votes. It's inherently impossible to make up 800,000 votes or 64% of the vote. You have to cheat to do it. Now, we're talking about Philadelphia. Philadelphia has cheated in every election for the last 60 mm. years. Philadelphia has more people that have gone to prison for election fraud than any city probably in the country. 
And it's all Democratic election fraud because it's been controlled by a corrupt Democratic machine for 60 years. So when they fell behind by 800,000 votes, they went into a state of panic. And then they had to shut out all the Republicans. They had to bring in all the phony ballots. And we never got to examine over 600,000 ballots, which makes them all unlawful. Illegal, unlawful, fraud, fraudulent. I doubt that the court will allow them to count those ballots. I'm sure the state legislature will not accept those ballots in order to certify mm. electoral votes. And really, uh, only, I think, Axios has been smart enough to take Pennsylvania down as a, as a Biden state. And Pennsylvania is not going to be a Biden state. And Mr. Mayor, if you would, could you give our viewers a sense? They've been following the updates, you know, day after day. Give us a sense, if you would, please, for the current state of play, the most important legal actions that are happening right now in these battleground states around the country, please. Well, you know, I, I really feel bad that I have to do that because this information is being denied them by the mm -hmm. mass media. I mean, it's being censored, not being given to them. And then we hear people say there's no evidence of fraud. We have a thousand ballots demonstrating the worst kind of fraud you ever heard of. Yes. And uh, the media is just lying about it. And they are absolutely anti-American and pathetic effort to elect a criminal as president of the United States. Mm. I've never seen this before. But here, here's the reality. The most important two cases right now are Pennsylvania and Michigan. Because if you read those cases and you read the affidavits in the cases, it's going to give you a picture that there really, really is powerful evidence that they stole the election in Pennsylvania and Michigan. Trump was ahead by 800,000 when we went to sleep. They counted votes all night. They were coming out of the woodwork. They were being made up. They were being written up. And they got them into a more competitive position. In Michigan, they actually brought in phony ballots, 100,000 of them. They thought all the Republicans were gone. The mistake they made is... Some of the independent contractors were there, and they hadn't bought the souls of the independent contractors, mm -hmm. who, who were so shocked by it that they reported it. Also in Michigan, a city Democratic worker was so shocked that she's come over to us and told us the whole story about how they were preparing to cheat going back to September, how they knew they'd have to make up a lot of numbers, the plans they had, the backup plans they had to get more phony ballots in, I mean, I, the, and the, because the general media doesn't report this, the American people are going to be exceedingly surprised when some of these states are taken down and end up being Trump states. Well, we, we've certainly seen the mainstream media almost just willfully ignoring and suppressing a lot of these stories. There is evidence, as you know. The team here at Just the News and Real America's Voice has assembled a team of 30 investigators who are out there every day uh, working to track down all of these uh, election irregularities. Uh, Mr. Mayor, another, another question for you. Have you had any contact with anyone in the U.S. intelligence community about any of these election irregularities? I don't think I can comment on that. There is no question another aspect of this is, was the vote interfered with mm. from the point of view of the computers that we use? Mm -hmm. And does Dominion figure very big in that uh, situation, given the fact that it uses Chinese software and uh, has a rather checkered history? 
Roger. And Mr. Mayor, as we stand right now, you know, a lot of a lot of Americans, a lot of our viewers are kind of asking us what they think the most likely timeline is on this. Do you think, sir, that these courses that these cases end up in the Supreme Court? And if so, do you have any sense for when they might end up there? They may or may not end up in the Supreme Court. The actual place they belong are in the state legislatures. Mm. The state legislatures under the Constitution of the United States govern the election of senators, representatives, and the president. Yeah. It's called the Election Clause and the Electors Clause. So the real arbiter of this will be the state legislature that has to determine, are these unlawful votes going to be counted? Which would be terrible. I mean, mm. it would defy the law of their state. I guess if they did that, we would take it to the Supreme Court. But in the first instance, it would be the decision of the state legislature. Right. And I can't imagine they won't do the right thing because these votes are blatantly false, unlawful, manufactured. And when they say there's no evidence of fraud, I've never seen a election case with half this evidence of fraud. Well, and we, we also have a number of witnesses uh, who've come forward. If you would, please give, give our viewers an update on where things stand with Richard Hopkins. This is the Pennsylvania postal worker who came out who said that he overheard a supervisor telling people to illegally backdate ballots. Then the mainstream media came out with a number of false stories saying that he had recanted his story. And he came out publicly and he said, no, I meant exactly uh, what I said. Where does, where does that stand today? Well, this is a media sideshow. His testimony gives flavor, but it isn't critical because the 683 ballots mm. that were unlawful are established in a totally different way in a completely uncontroversial way. But in any event, he, he, he kind of gave evidence of the kind of fraud that was going on all throughout Pennsylvania, which was a disaster. And his backdating of documents is corroborated by inside witnesses, about 10 of whom were told to do the same thing. So he's got a lot of colleagues who support what he was saying. What happened to him is intolerable. The Postal Service, playing Biden defender, sent some out-of-control postal agent named Schmedlap to see him. Mm. And Schmedlap actually is tape-recorded because he doesn't know that uh, the gentleman was wearing a, a recording device. And you can listen to that tape recording if you want, and what you see is Schmedlap is trying very, very hard to frighten and threaten him. Yes. He tells them, I'm going to make you scared. Yeah. He says, there are a lot of senators who are depending on you changing this. He tells them, he tells them I'm going to be very unhappy if you don't. Virtually threatens him with his job. Now, what's this guy doing? Yes. Who's he doing it for? Well, Mr. What, Mr. What, what is his concern about what he said about, I mean, after all, what, what he said, the postal mm -hmm. workers that, Mr. Mayor, I know we're going to have to we're going to have to take a, a break here, sir. But we will make sure that we continue to check in with you and the entire Thank Trump you, team on every one of these developments as we much. move forward. You bet. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
And welcome back to our Real America's Voice special coverage, our Republic at Risk. We hope that you have been able to enjoy the show so far. We've sure enjoyed having you. We have our hosts and our contributors all around the country. We have Amanda Head in New York City. We have Steve Gruber in Michigan. We have Mark Serrano just outside of Washington, D.C., and Ben Burkwam in Maricopa County, Arizona. And Ben, you spoke to a veteran today in Arizona about all that is at risk right now in America as we watch the votes still being counted there. I want to go to that, and then I want to get your reaction. My family has supported this country in the office of the presidency all our lives. And I was raised a Democrat until I did my own research, my own education, and had the conversations with my parents. Why were we voting Democratic with that history, knowing that, that knowledge? And once I became acquainted with that knowledge, I became a Republican. Donald Trump has proven himself by the content of his character. Not, not everybody is going to like the way he talks, the way he walks, how he looks, his hair, I've heard it all. But the reality is the man has proven himself by the content of his character and what he's done for this country. This cannot be allowed to go on any longer, any longer. This malicious, vile, vitriol hatred has to stop. And the Democratic Party has been suckered into the Socialistic Party for decades. Socialistic countries have wanted to take America down, and they did it from within. Why? Because America has had open arms to other countries' citizens that were seeking help. But in doing so, it's almost nearly impossible to vet every individual that comes into this country seeking asylum. So what happens? You have infiltrators. We now have socialists within our government, in our house of representatives. And true Americans, Republican or Democrat, shouldn't stand for it. If you can't uphold the Constitution, sworn to protect, defend, and uphold the Constitution of the United States, if you, your agenda is to destroy that Constitution, you don't belong here, point blank. That's how I feel about this election. And thousands and millions of us feel the same way. I know I have over 70 million people standing behind me. We have to restore this country in the sight of God and in the presence of ourselves. We have that responsibility. It doesn't rest only on the shoulders of Donald Trump. And President Trump, don't give up. I know you've had an exhausting four years, but it is not your time to let go of the reins we need you just as much as you need us. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I really wanted them to show that the lady pushing him away for like the next 20 seconds. That was really important to me because I watched this earlier and there was just something so profound to me about her wheeling that veteran away. I'll tell you what it's And his words and him speaking to the fact, Ben, that there were 70 million people standing behind him despite the fact that there was seven people standing behind him. But in his mind, he was, he was fortified with 70 million people standing behind his words and his sentiment that his fight and his life 
meant something, his vote meant something, and he was willing to lay it all down uh, for that freedom. Uh, ben, that was so powerful. Thank you so much. I want to give you just one second to respond, and then I need to get around the rest of the country here. Go ahead. You know, I, I watched that, and it, it breaks me down. I think about uh, my wife and my daughters and, and men like that, men like Mark, who sacrificed everything on such an important day that we honor our veterans. And he didn't have to do that. He doesn't know my family. He doesn't know anything about us, but he made the choice to go and put his life on the line. And I was thinking about it today. And uh, there are times in life where only God can fix it. But for the other times, I thank God that he uses men like Mark. And it, it just, it's such an honor. It's such an honor to be able to stand here, to be able to meet people like that, to be able to have patriots like this behind me that love this country and that will do what it takes to save this nation. It's an absolute honor, Gina. What's an honor uh, that you brought that to us tonight, Ben? Thank you so much. Happy Veterans Day to you. Amanda, you are up in New York City trying to dodge the rain. You've been outside of the Fox News building of all places all day long. Uh, they're taking some heat right now. Tell us about it. So we have been outside of Fox chatting with people who are just walking by, you know, living their daily lives here in New York. And one of the things that I've gathered from those people and also, of course, the chatter online, this is something that has been, perme uh, you know, has been happening since election night. People are very, very disgruntled with Fox News. And I think for a lot of them, this started maybe a couple years ago when they started to see them inching a little bit to the left. And then with their election night coverage, it just became ever more apparent with their early call of Arizona that Fox News the way that we all knew it has officially left the building. Uh, now their building is behind me. It's across the street. I wanted to get those pretty lights behind me if you can see them behind my umbrella. Um, but people here, you know, a lot of them were very nervous about talking to me. I had one lady who I thought, or one man who was going to talk to me, but then he started talking um, about Julian Assange and some other things. And then another gentleman who was very willing to talk to me. He just didn't want the camera to be on him. And he seemed like he may have been on our side of the aisle. My cameraman asked him who he voted for and he wouldn't give up the goods. But I had a feeling that he was on our side. But, you know, I, it's going to be interesting. Gina, you and I have spoken about this offline. I wonder what Fox News is going to look like a year from now, two years from now, what the mainstream media complex is going to look like five years from now, because so many people are coming to networks like ours. You know, we are on Dish Channel 219, by the way, uh, but we are available on pretty much every other platform and device that you can imagine, on Pluto, on Roku, on Apple TV, on your Apple device, on mm -hmm. your Android device. There's so many easy ways to find alternative content, and especially now with podcasts, a lot of the folks on our network have podcasts. And that's where people are going because they just they just aren't buying what folks like Fox News are selling anymore. Fascinating, Amanda, because, you know, you and I met when you and I both did a lot of Fox News. And whoever knew uh, that at one point we'd be kind of unwelcome there. Uh, just for I know I kept saying it's going to be really it's, awkward it's if someone I know walks out of Fox. <laughs> where media has gone today. But anyway, thank you for being with us. All right, over to Michigan, Steve Gruber. Steve, a new lawsuit was just dropped in Michigan today. The latest there, please. Well, there's a lot going on here, Gina, to say the least with the lawsuits. Uh, the latest person to join the lawsuit filed in Wayne County. The effort there is to uh, block the vote in Wayne County. That's Detroit, for those of you keeping score outside of Michigan, uh, from having that vote certified. 
the latest person to join that lawsuit, the former Secretary of State here in Michigan, Ruth Johnson, says she's seen the irregularity, she's seen the accusations, and she says, you can't certify this vote. And so she joined the lawsuit filed not by the Trump campaign, but by two citizens who said they were working at the polls and saw too many things to let slide. There's a pile of affidavits here now, Gina, and you have to just see what they're talking about. Uh, one of those that um, was in the affidavit said they would take stacks of 50 ballots and feed them to the tabulator. And four and five times an hour, each one of these tabulators, and imagine there's many of them in this room, they would jam four and five times an hour. The process is supposed to be to take the 50 ballots out, clear the machine, and reload it and go again. That wasn't happening. In one of the affidavits, the woman says she walked over to a machine to help a colleague. It was reading well over 400 votes, and they were still trying to put the same 50 ballots through. That means those ballots were counted eight times each. Think about that. Spread over thousands of ballots plus. Uh, trucks arriving, 345 in the morning on the 4th of November. And now we've been told uh, that maybe as many as 100,000 votes arrived by van 24 hours after the polls had closed in Michigan. A lot of wow. questions here, a lot of affidavits. And these are like stories we're hearing from Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, Las Vegas. Uh, but these stories in Michigan and to have a former secretary of state who was in the job from 2011 until 2019, she understands the job and working elections. And she says this vote should not be certified for any reason. We'll see what the courts do, but it's um, pretty compelling evidence, to say the least. All right. Well, thank you for that report, Steve Gruber. We're going to go on over to Mark Serrano. Mark, on Veterans Day, we have a special duty to make sure that every vote is legitimate. And uh, we're not just talking about audits because audits really are just going to probably confirm uh, whatever the fraud is. I mean, I'm sorry, not just talking about recounts, but we're talking about audits. Um, I think that's the important part to uncover the fraud, because if we just have a recount, it's just going to tell us again whatever the fraud is. We want an audit, correct? Yes, correct. Gina, well said. An audit can actually show us the fraud. The recount will only validate the fraud. It's just recounting bad ballots. <laughs> That's so what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, we have to distinguish between which were legally cast ballots and which ones were illegal and which batches of ballots may be disqualified because they were commingled together. And obviously we need the courts to come in and, and investigators, prosecutors to assess all this. What a powerful roundup that you've got tonight. Rudy Giuliani talking about mounting evidence from all these states. Steve Gruber adding his voice for what's happening in Michigan. It's, it's so profound that you've got a Navy veteran speaking with this amazing testimonial about what liberty means to him and where we stand as a country right now today. And I have to tell you, Gina, so I, I heard from one of, the, one of the heroes of Benghazi. He talked about how his, he, they've sacrificed so much for our votes and now that's all at risk. And we can't let that happen on, 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 uh, on Veterans Day, most of all. Most of all. Mark Serrano, thank you so much and thanks for all you do. And thanks to you for joining us tonight on this special report from Real America's Voice, Our Republic at Risk. We're going to keep you up to date on everything that's happening, if you keep it tuned right here. Thanks most of all to our veterans tonight for their service. God bless you.